I just need to open my eyes like Cyclops because it's the morning and we typically don't record in the mornings. Put on your visor. I've got my glasses on. Is that close enough? Are they red? No, I actually don't even know where those sunglasses are, but I know they're in here somewhere. Okay, I'm Maddie. And I'm Ryan, and I do have Ruby Quartz sunglasses because I wore them for our cooking show, the one we did as Gene and Cyclops. They're not actually Ruby Quartz, are they? No, they're Probably not. Probably not. I mean, they were like $10 on Amazon. I don't know. It's just like, I know that they always say that Cyclops has Ruby Quartz glasses. So I was like, my Ruby Quartz glasses. This is what Scott Summers sounds like. This is the Mutant Ages, a show where we watch a re-adaptation of the X-Men. And we are watching X-Men Evolution and Cyclops is there. So I guess everything we just said is relevant. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures, more than anyone should. From the comic book pages to the animated which means this is going to have a certain energy. That's not even the issue. The issue is that we tried setting up this recording. It took like 45 minutes because Zencaster didn't cooperate. So now we are using like 35 other ways to back this episode up. Just yeah. so y'all know. It's like know. when you do a stage production and we have all this crazy shit happening before we go on stage and then we have to like switch gears. It's like, Oh, wait, now I'm on stage and I have to play a character. I'm not backstage fixing the problem. Okay, anymore. but on a podcast, apparently we're not going to do that. And we're going to announce everything that just happened as soon as we walk out on stage. I think the audience appreciates getting the behind the scenes look of Ryan and Maddie's lives, which is maybe I don't know. Uh, maybe people can just go check out the Patreon and uh, kick us a buck. You know, we're working hard for you. We're coming up <laughs> with all kinds of ways to make sure this this podcast gets recorded, even when our backup equipment doesn't work. Um, True. Okay. So so, anyway, so that being said, we are watching X-Men Evolution, and we're going to do a quick previously on the X-Men. We've had two episodes of this new series so far. Uh, Three. Episode one, we recorded Nightcrawler, we recruited Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. Um, we were introduced to Wolverine, Storm, Professor Xavier. Mystique is the principal of this high school where she has so far recruited Toad and Avalanche. In the last episode... Uh, we met Avalanche, who is basically Richter, but evil and also straight or maybe gay. We're not sure, but trying to utilize Kitty's powers to change test grades uh, in his favor. Because Yes. And you're completely forgetting the third episode that we watched, which is Rogue Recruit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I hadn't gotten there yet. I was going in order. So then, you were like, then we... there were two episodes. These are the two episodes. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Actually, and so in the last one, we that last episode with Rogue was great, in which yes. Rogue was recruited by mystique and she had been raised by destiny but like it was clearly 
she's also Mystique's daughter. Yes. The X-Men show up and Mystique fucks with all of them by transforming into all the X-Men and then abusing Rogue. Mm-hmm. Mystique's actions continuously are questionable. So Yes. Uh Rogue is now in Bayville High. Yeah. So so at the end of that episode, Mystique convinces Rogue that the X-Men are evil and that they're mutant hunters. And so Mystique and Destiny take Rogue back home again. And now Rogue is going to the same cool high school where all of these teenaged X-Men are going together. And everybody is like aged 15 to 16 other than the characters we listed. Yes, but I'm going to... One of our big problems with this show is that Wolverine and Storm were not de-aged. And it does not work well in Storm's favor or Wolverine's really. However... In this episode we're about to watch, it's clear that Wolverine and Jean are still fucking. Okay, I refuse to accept that. They are not fucking. I know you refuse that, but they are. No, I'm not saying I refuse to accept that they went on a date and that they're spending too much time together. I will accept that. That is something that this show is is depicting. I do not think the showrunners wanted to depict actual statutory rape because that would be really fucked up and there would be like thousands and thousands of words of call out posts about it. I mean, that's true. I mean, that already happened after X-Men Apocalypse, so. Yeah, and I also, you know, this is the time period of the first X-Men movie, which Brian Singer made where he wrote in Rogue to have an inappropriate relationship with Wolverine, and that's Brian Singer for you. And so the fact that this movie, or the fact that this show was coming out congruent with that and was like, okay, now all the X-Men are teenagers and like one of them is going to be Jean Grey, but as a teenager and she's going to have like a sort of inappropriate relationship with Logan like that tracks I mean I don't know all of that stuff was pretty normalized in the early 2000s and at least now people call stuff like that out but I don't think they're supposed to be fucking I know we joke around a lot on this show about characters I fucking, know you're but right you're right and I do think it's bad I think, but like, I it's... think it's like a playful reference to the fact that Jean and Logan are going to have a relationship later when she's of age but like that's some fucked up Twilight bullshit. I don't know. It's but I also, do how like old it. is Logan is this? Is Logan is Logan like forty or is he like twenty one? That's not even clear that's, in this. That's a good point. We don't know how old Logan is. And I was looking up how old Gambit is because I was just going ahead and thinking ahead to like when is he gonna show up? Because he's kind of an adult too and he's gonna be hitting on Rogue. So but like is he though, or is he like an eighteen year old who's just been living apparently on the streets? He's I, age, apparently, according to the fan wiki, he's age nineteen to twenty one. I'm glad we've immediately dropped off the track of well, this it's episode. It's not that off the track because this. this, okay, so first You're of right, all, it's not that we, off the I track. I mean, we're about to see Gene and Logan on this weird date. I so, know. And this, and this episode is going to be focused on bringing in the blob, and that is yes. the last time I'm going to call him the blob. We're going to call him Fred for the rest of this because I hate calling him the blob. Yeah. This this is a long mental walk, uh, so be prepared. <laughs> I mean, okay. I'm not, I don't know. I'm like, I'm both simultaneously mad at the episode, but also sort of like, Oh God! It's like it's complicated. It's a very complicated episode. I he certainly is portrayed better than he was in X Men the Animated Series. But I yes. think you said it correctly, Maddie, in our Slack when we were both watching this, and you're like, it, "Can this character even be handled well?" Todd talked about this a little bit on X Men Origins Wolverine. Can we yeah. do this character correctly? It actually turns out that it can because in uh, Age of X Men he was done well, but in this episode. I don't know. I feel like the first half, I kind of see where they're going, but then it just yeah, takes like a, like a left turn, and then I don't even know. Yeah, what's like it was happening. really interesting at first because I was like, "Man, is this gonna be the show that gets Fred Dukes right, or like does something really interesting with him?" Like there were some things I really liked about the first half, although there were also like a couple things where I was like, "That's weird." And then the second half of the episode is just 
absurd. Like, I don't even know. I don't know how it gets there. It's almost to the point where I'm like, what what happened to this kid that pushed him to this this level? Because it's sort of the same question I had for Avalanche where, I mean, he's clearly been. They both were characters that have been treated like shit perpetually. Well, in Avalanche's case, I feel like I get it, though. Like, that episode I agree. was well And Toads, too. Toads obviously been living on the streets or something. And it's... And I don't know... Well, let's get into the episode. So, basically, uh, the first thing we are introduced to is that we're at a monster truck rally. Mm-hmm. And there is... A, it's like one of those, like, trucks hitting other trucks things and i think yeah, they say yeah. the person leaving is a woman that's actually a monster truck driver which i thought yeah, was kind of cool i thought that uh, was cool too <laughs> and then the announcer presents the world's strongest teenager that's how he presents fred dukes and yes. i actually i actually appreciated that i was like okay they're not making it like a fat phobia thing they're just like okay he's the strongest teenager yeah and he's honestly, also fat but he's really really strong and like right, that's but also how he's like depicted in, in this whole opening scene that's not even something that is necessarily played on i think it's well implied at the within end his, yeah okay so here's how it goes so they introduce fred they actually refer to him as the blob as his nickname in terms of his character that he's playing in the monster truck rally so i was kind of yeah. like oh, okay that's interesting like fred chose this name for himself that doesn't really explain why other characters refer to him that way in the rest I mean, of the episode. Okay, but but the, I think the amount of times they call him the blob in this episode is maybe three or four times. Yes, and the rest of the time they few. do. Yeah. Well, Mystique and Jean keep referring to him as Fred, which I yes. actually appreciated. I liked that too. Xavier calls him the blob at one point though. And I was like, well, what? of course he does. But also <laughs> Xavier in this is like awful. I know. I know. Okay. Okay. We're skipping all around. Okay. So back okay. to the beginning of the episode. So the announcer is like world's strongest teenager, Fred, the blob Dukes. And then we see Fred, he's wearing a cape and then he removes it and he's wearing a wrestling singlet. And so he grabs a couple of chains that are attached to these two huge trucks. And then he like squares his stance and the two trucks have drivers in them and they try to drive away. And Fred um, uses that momentum to like re-divert the trucks, grab the chains and smash them into each other. And it's really cool and impressive. And everybody in the crowd is like astounded. They're cheering. And then Fred takes a bow and then he falls over into the mud. And then suddenly everyone laughs at him in the crowd. And I was like, okay, so this is sort of interesting. Like he's a kid. He's he, I don't like that fat characters are so often depicted as being clumsy or like, I don't like of moving around, especially since Fred Dukes as a character is often depicted as very agile, even in the comics. Admittedly, usually characters will express surprise that he's agile, which is fucked up and like whatever fine, but he's very agile and he's supposed to be like a good fighter. But in this show he's a teenager and he's also clumsy and so he falls over and so then we see mystique watching him in the stands and then we see gene and logan who are on a date together watching yeah. this together. yeah they're, they're wearing little matching little outfits cowboy by the way, hats cowboy together hats. yeah um and then i actually enjoyed this next scene where fred's yeah. in his dressing room he's breaking shit because he's so angry at the people yeah, it's because they're that, laughing at him well, but yeah. like what we're going to find out in this episode is that this is something that keeps happening to him is that people are mocking him and making fun of him and laughing at him no yeah, matter where I he is this scene and so and i think that is absolutely relatable whether not even so much this character but if somebody like looks different and people are making fun of you you get yeah. angry you internalize that um 
I mean, yeah. we've been there, you know? Yeah, I liked that as an idea for him. And I was like, maybe this is going to be interesting. So, like, Mystique shows up in the doorway while Fred is, like, kicking the shit out of his locker room. And she's yeah. like, something wrong? And Fred goes, yeah, these small town hicks, they've laughed at me for the last time. I'm getting out of here for good. And Mystique is like, that could be arranged. In fact, I know somewhere where your talents would be truly appreciated. And Fred's like, better not be the circus. And Mystique is like, oh, no, no. I have something far more interesting in mind. Care to hear more? And Fred's like, sure, whatever. And then Logan and Jean get to the dressing room. But by the time they get there, Mystique is already closing the door. Or Fred is closing the door. Mystique is in there and she sees them and kind of smirks at them. Like, I I beat you to it. I'm recruiting this this teenager. And they're just like, Yeah, I know. I love it. And then... then then it plays the X-Men Evolution opening. So it's like, yeah. So I liked all of that, even though I didn't love that the reason why people were laughing at Fred was because he had fallen. I was like, okay, I get why they did that. It's to set up the fact that everyone is laughing at him for being a fat kid. He happens to also have superpowers. So he's kind of like a queer fat kid. And I was like, this is sort of interesting. Like this could be a cool setup for Fred's storyline. Like he's an awkward teenager. He's figuring out who he is, blah, blah. That line that Fred says is probably the most intelligent line he says for the entire rest of the episode oh yeah like, i know it's I unfortunate like in the first scene with mystique and in his performance he seems like a competent kid who knows what he's doing and then for the entire rest of the episode he becomes like a dog man like a dog that learned how to speak human words like i don't it's like i don't it's hell. awful i don't know it's really bad i know i mean, I mean there's some parts of here that i don't hate and there's parts yeah, of it that I mean, there's I enjoy. some cool rogue scenes that we're going to get to like there's well, the I mean, other even with characters Fred, i feel like there's some parts that i don't hate entirely mm-hmm. i think i think the concept of being bullied in this yes. and being being so defensive and to the point where it becomes aggressive because you've been bullied so much for your entire life i think that's real i, yeah, I mean I I, 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 totally... I don't know if it gets the level that like happens to Fred in this. I don't know. Like, I mean, you know, how- I don't either. I mean, once again, I feel like Avalanche is a better example of all of this. I like, agree. I and we agree. Just watch that episode. Like, okay, it was two episodes back, but like, we still just saw it and they did a really similar plot line with him that I thought worked really well. And so then right. for Fred, they're like, well, he's also being bullied for being different. I and think, like- I think to a degree that yes, that this is a reaction that can happen. I do. And I only say this because like, yeah, I agree. You know, my family, there's, there's, you know, the genetics in my family, my little sister, when she was a kid was bullied for the same reasons. And I know for a long time, she would like, she like, we have it on video. She was just like, whenever somebody would like laugh or anything, she would start punching them. She doesn't do that anymore. She's a very sweet person. But like when she was a kid, like that's how she dealt with it. So I think that is a, a thing that can happen. But I think it's not the only way. I don't think it gets to this level that he takes it in this. I think that's crazy. And I don't know how he gets there. But we don't know his background. So, well, even personally, dude, like I was bullied for so long. Right. Just as like this lanky, nerdy kid. And I couldn't even come out of and say I was queer then because I just I really didn't want to die. Yeah. But people still bullied you for it and for like not 
acting manly enough and stuff. Right, but then, then, then what was it, like, junior year of high school, I had that turnaround where suddenly I just showed up and I was all gouted out one day and I turned the tables and made everybody scared of me. Well, that's what I did, too. That's, like, pretty classic. I mean, I think that's part of why we like characters like the Brotherhood of Mutants is because right. they're Especially the characters. But, I mean, I, Fred Fred is a weird case in this, and I, I guess we just need to keep going and analyze it as we go along because I'm already thinking too far ahead. Right, but just to finish the thought, I do think that it's kind of too bad that you have a character like Magneto and like maybe to a lesser extent Mystique where those are characters who were oppressed and in Magneto's case put in a fucking concentration camp and his reaction is to be violent towards the oppressor which is very different from how they're depicting the Brotherhood of Mutants in this show. In this show they're depicting them not as violent towards the oppressor or people who are trying to kill them they are that as well they're certainly pushing back against bullies or people trying to like commit hate crimes towards them or whatever that's here but they're also violent towards the x-men and towards the good guys and towards like people who are trying to help them and i'm like i don't really buy it like if fred were a character who was like i'm gonna get really violent i'm gonna fucking kill these people for laughing at me that would be like morally bad but like interesting and makes sense him going the full moral like horizon event horizon and just being like i'm gonna destroy everyone i'm like i, I think, don't well, see how you I, got I there know, bro i don't know how he gets there but i will say that while i think for the first half of this gene is going to do her best to try and to, to try and like out. work with fred but yeah. i think i think the bigger problem is that like i think she's getting to him and they are connecting on a friendship level but then what happens is that Scott Scott makes a lot of the wrong moves in this. Honestly, he does, He's not too, and that's what we're about to find out. Let's let's I know, keep going. I know. We so, have to get to it. I'm sorry. Okay, I keep cutting so out my Mis- fucking soapbox. So basically, here. Mystique is giving Fred his schedule at Babel High, and like okay, any other can we high talk schools. About how funny this is! Like Mystique is like Fred. I'm gonna help you, and then she enrolls him in high school. The worst <laughs> possible thing. Like why? I, is that I don't. Helpful, Mystique? I really don't know why she's sending these kids to school. I don't honestly, get it, and it's so funny. It's like this is the premise of the show: is that for some reason mutants have to go to high school together and i mean like, it is such a fan fiction it's where it's so like, fanficy and it's like, like, it's like let's like, take this cast of characters but like put them in high school it's so we've funny done that with gino at least like three or four times too okay, you know but like, everyone's done it with every series where it's like that's just the classic fanfic so mystique is like Thank you for joining the Brotherhood of Mutants. And by that, I mean Bayville High School, the place where I'm a principal. Here's your fucking complicated <laughs> ass schedule. And I'm not going to help you figure yeah, out what like, the I'm classes are. I'm not going to explain it to you. And honestly, I, I'm like with Fred when he doesn't know. Yeah, Fred is like, I don't know where the fuck anything is. And she's like, bye, bitch. And like <laughs> shuts the door. Well, I his- think it's important for him, this line where Fred says, I don't know if I can do school again. I didn't fit in much. And she's like, you won't have that trouble here. Don't worry she, about it. Does, and she though. like shoves him he out the door. And he's trouble. like, what the fuck? And he's trying to read the schedule, which, by the way, high school schedules are the Terrible. worst. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but then this is around where Fred's intelligence deteriorates. It's like with each passing scene, Fred becomes less of a man and more of a dog man. And so he looks I, at a yeah. schedule and he's like, this is complicated, which is fair. I'm with him so far. But then yeah. he physically grabs Duncan, Gene's like, on again off again jock boyfriend and picks him up in the air and yells hey where am i supposed to be like thrusting the schedule in duncan's face like just immediately reacts to the situation with violence and i was like okay like uh, i'm really trying to stay on fred's side here but me too but also but then duncan's like smiling he's like he's like (laughs) i don't know a sideshow (laughs) 
yeah he immediately calls uh he calls fred a, a sideshow act like from the circus which it took oh me my God. like multiple seconds to figure out what duncan was saying there i was like what is this insult like it, you really have to like take a walk around the block to get there i don't know i hate high school if, if anything i'm learning from this scene is that i really hated high school yeah high school's fucking terrible okay but why is duncan mocking the guy who is like clearly three times his size very physically strong who has lifted him into the air and duncan is like you're a freak i'm like duncan what the fuck are you doing like do you have no sense of self-preservation nothing and he's also a douchebag i mean i don't know what else to tell you but fred gets pissed off and he rips off three uh, no sorry six entire lockers off the world wall which i don't know duncan doesn't even question that yeah, he's like duncan well, that seems is just normal. like whoopsie a bunch of lockers are be- getting thrown at me so like duncan's about to fucking die like this situation went from zero to a thousand in one <laughs> yeah. second and she walks over she's like uh she just like pops in she's like hey i'm gene gray don't kill the students please <laughs> and then for some reason that actually works and fred puts the lockers down Gene's yes. like so what do your friends call you and Fred goes, I don't know. I never had any friends, but the name is Fred, Fred Dukes. And Gene says, well, Fred, I want to apologize for Duncan. He can be a real idiot sometimes. I do appreciate that they put that line in there where Gene's like, what do your friends call you? And Fred's like, yes. I don't have any. And I think I liked that I too. think that's him actually evading what people did call him. You know yeah, what I mean? I wonder if that's true. I do like that. I mean, I like these lines. It's just that they come right after a scene where where Fred was like trying to murder a teenager. And I'm just like, this is so well, up it, and down. It, it escalates very quickly. But it right does. now we're not even at that point that I'm like, what the no, fuck? No, I know. I know. We're still we're still like, I'm still kind of on Fred's side so far. Like, yeah, I'm still he's like, just, I mean, I it's like i said as this goes on i'm just like what the fuck happened to this kid like what i know i know so gene picks up his schedule and she's like you want help with this and he's like yes please and so she tells him where his first class is she's really nice and then she walks away and then fred like smiles at her and it's clear that he's getting like a crush on her and he's like excited to see her again like because somebody is is being nice to her and i think he is not used to that yeah Yeah, i think that's that's I don't fine. mind any of this. Um, so then we get to English class, new scene. Uh, Fred is not in this one. <laughs> no, but so, it's Rogue and Scott, which it's really funny. I like so it. We, so they're in drama class. Okay, which is I like, actually think it's English class because my English class did this too when we were reading Shakespeare, where we had to divide up and read scenes and do them in front of the class. I did don't your classes have to do that? I think different schools did different things. Where my English teachers were always like, these are plays, and if we have to read Shakespeare, you should perform them i mean maddie you're asking me as if like i had a good track record of even going going to to class yeah Yeah, i know know. like so i I, loved english class and i loved drama so i definitely liked it when we got to like perform a play in class that was my shit so anyway i think it's i think it's just regular english class so the teacher hands out plays and he's like everybody's gonna get paired up you all have to do shakespeare scenes so he pairs up rogue and cyclops and the lengths that this show goes to did not say rogue's name is getting really funny by the way like did you notice that like the teacher points at scott and rogue and he goes you and you and i was like a teacher (laughs) it was so funny okay so he's like i love that you and you are going to be doing shakespeare's henry v henry and catherine daughter of the french king so this is like a romantic love scene by the way oh yeah that's like a thing in this uh, in this series that rogue gets a crush on cyclops yeah i get it because like they need her to be illustrated as not being able to touch people but still being a horny teenager i don't know we'll get to it with rogue but i understood right. why they just picked scott they don't really have anybody else to put her with for now right. um 
because Kurt is her brother. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, right. there's a blonde guy who we saw in the very first episode sitting with Scott in the stadium. And that guy's name is apparently Paul. I had to check the wiki for this. Um, yeah, well, he says it too here. The, yeah, later Scott on, finally says his name is Paul, but he's by not. The way, by the way, Paul's voice is also Scott's voice. So <laughs> it's really interesting to hear this like two way conversation. That's all the same voice. I know, but he's doing the voice actor does a pretty good job. He's like fairly oh, I'm not good. insulting it. I'm just like, it's funny. Yeah, it is funny. So anyways, but Scott turns to Rogue. He goes, hey, are you OK with this? And Rogue, of course, says, I'm not afraid of you. Yeah. Which is a, I, which I was like, you know what? This version of Rogue is still T.A.S. Rogue. I it love really it. is. Yeah. It's like she's still saying lines. Like everything she says in this sounds like T.A.S. T.A.S. Rogue. But it's like if the T.A.S. version showed Rogue while she was still kind of under Mystique's thumb, like if we had gotten to see like, that or like version. like the very origin story of Rogue. Because yeah. in the X-Men, the animated series, like she was already there. She's already one of the Freedom Fighters and had been lo- for long enough to established herself more confidently this is like a very very early version of that character right so and so then to that scott says i didn't say you should be and rogue just goes just tell your weirdo friends to keep your distance this time and then paul to cyclops is like oh yeah she likes you she's just playing hard to get and cyclops is like shut up paul Paul. i loved that i liked this because it was like anytime a boy and a girl talk they're some they're flirting or like assumed to be flirting and everybody immediately makes fun of it like it felt very teenage to me. That I don't remember. You know what's really funny is I forgot about how high school yes. that is. And considering I was a gay guy that had like a bunch of friends that were girls, there were a lot of questions people had. They were like, it's like, uh, is Ryan just like a player? Does he date all these girls? And I was like, uh, uh, sure. Laura Croft is hot. I hate I don't to know. break it to you, Ryan, but I think by that point people just thought you were gay. But, uh, well, probably. <laughs> I mean, I don't really know what the deal was. I mean, I mean, I, I did and I didn't. That was a bad time for me. It was a bad anyway. time. So, anyway, over to the cafeteria. Okay, this, okay, now, now this is when we start going into territory that makes me mad. I know. Because this, this is like. <gasps> This is where we go into the stupid fat tropes again, yep. where it's like the whole joke of this next scene is that Fred is eating a lot of food. That's it. oh yeah, Fred. Fred goes over to the lunch lady and he's like, she's going to put stuff on a plate and he holds up the tray and he's like, no, fill it up. And she has to fill up this like mountain of food. Yeah, which, and the lunch lady is per- is acting like it's so heavy and she can barely lift the food and she's like, oh my gosh. Okay, well, I don't even know what the fuck that's about. That's like a whole different stupid situation. I mean, but- I-, I guess the only defense I could make of this, I hate that they constantly show the fat character is clumsy and like eating a lot of food. I will say that that I hate that. However, if you're a bodybuilder and you're as strong as Fred is, you do have to eat a lot of food in order to maintain that's all that I muscle mass. That's what I was thinking, too. That was literally my but thought when I saw like, that at first. But why, I was also like, that's why? not what they're doing here. That's not what like, they're showing here. They're not like, so in order to build muscle and like maintain this, Fred needs to eat a lot. It's just a joke at Fred's expense. And it's also trying to draw a line between him and the other kids and be like, this is why he's so different. He's eating 16 cheeseburgers. And it's like, yeah, but I don't know. It's weird, too, because in a minute, we're going to have all the kids laughing at him for this. And I'm like, I don't know. It's I don't just, know. I'm uncomfortable feels... with it. And then yeah, and then it's followed by Kitty who yes. looks at that and yeah. she says, is that humongous guy, the mutant Logan you went to see Saturday night? And it's like, Kitty, no. Yeah. And so Gina's like, yeah, it's Fred. Line, I don't think Kitty would say, honestly. I don't know. So Gina's like, yeah, it's Fred and he's OK. So I like that Gina at least was like, let's not talk about his appearance. And then she goes when he's not ripping lockers off the wall and then like winks at Kitty. And so like that's sort of a sign at least that she's like, well, he's also super strong. So now you know his power. And so then Kitty's like, wow, 
he's the one who did that freaky and i was like kitty your power's freaky and you were just saying that last week so calm the fuck down so then i know i mean this version of kitty in this episode is not great i, I mean sometimes she think- I, see i'm so torn about all this because i'm like is this episode trying to depict teenagers as cruel and criticizing it or is it just engaging in the exact tropes that it's criticizing? And like, is that a meaningful know. difference? Like, does it, is it criticizing it? I don't know if it actually is, you know? I don't know. But also I want to point out that Jean and Kitty are sitting at the table with Kurt and yes. Cyclops. Yes. And like Kurt and Scott are clearly dating at this and Jean and Kitty are kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah. But whatever. I thought this was interesting too, because I was like, so is Jean popular or not? Because she's like shown to have a lot of other friends outside of the mutants. But like in this scene, she's, sitting with them and aren't they like the loser nerds like kitty and kurt and scott are all nerds and like that's pretty <laughs> clearly shown whereas gene is like kind of cool and like i socially mean i think gene might be the one of those people that was there she's with the pop they, these kids did exist yes. there were oh yeah kids that were very popular and they generally were girls at least in my high school yeah uh, we, there were some guys like that too in my high school where they were so popular that they could sit with anybody and like nobody yeah but also they would talk to everybody yeah and they were just like they were just nice people yeah i think i think you're right and i think that's who gene is supposed to be but i did think it was interesting that she's not sitting with duncan because of what happens in the next scene so then yeah. kurt and scott are talking to each other kurt is like ribbing on scott a little bit about how he has to be paired up with rogue for their play scene and scott is like yeah i gotta play a romantic scene with the girl who thinks we tried to kill her man she's got to be some kind of actress and kurt laughs and they're laughing at each other but they laugh at each other just as fred is walking by and well, fred they also thinks, laugh for like a really long they fucking do time. and it's like and not like, that funny but it's, like, like, it's not even a funny joke like gene and kitty are just sitting there be like why well, i don't was there a joke or they there's just no being joke stupid they're again? just laughing awkwardly because they're like haha rogue hates us ha 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 and kitty and gene are <laughs> yeah. like is that funny i know it's, it's not well, fred, anyway so fred walks by and assumes that they're, they're laughing, laughing at, at him. him and he gets mad but i i surprisingly he doesn't do anything he doesn't here. i liked that i mean it's sad but i at least was like this is a good illustration of like fred's well, but that's, feelings I, I definitely remember being in high school yeah. and walking by people and start laughing and yes. i was so self-conscious about were they laughing at me or yeah. not now i'm kind of like if somebody did that now i like i kind of hope they are because like i'll turn around and be like i'll do a performance for you and they're like oh shit now i don't want to be here anymore <laughs> Yeah, but you know, that's because you're an adult and you're like self-actualized, but in this they're teenagers and yeah. so Fred just kind of like goes and sits by himself, but then as he sits down, he breaks the chair he's sitting in and then he breaks the table and then falls Ugh. down. I hate that too. I, I hate, hate that. I hate this scene. Yeah, and so then as all as all that stuff breaks, all of Fred's food goes everywhere and it gets on Duncan and it actually took me a second to understand that that's why Duncan physically challenges Fred. I was like, why are you doing this, Duncan? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, well, Duncan's also an asshole. He and then is an Duncan, asshole. of course, comes over and he has that really annoying line where he goes, bad move, blah boy. Yeah, and like, like, how Ugh. did he even come up with the word blob? Like, it's like as I though don't know. that's it's something like that people an, say all the time, and then, but whatever. And then, and then I hate this. This is pretty much where it turns into the world of like, we're going to go into like the bad version of the blob that I don't want to hear. Yeah. And so Fred 
can't get up because he keeps slipping on food and he's like whoa yeah, and everyone's and laughing, laughing at him, at him. and i'm just like this is terrible i don't he, want to watch this anymore i know and so he starts yelling don't laugh at me which i was on fred's side for that part i was like yeah, yeah fuck me too. these fucking people like fuck you so then he starts throwing food which at least as far as like violent actions go i was like this is also fine fred like go fucking ahead like throw cheeseburgers at these assholes like i don't care i, I know right yeah. and it turns to a fully fledged true food by the way i've never been of food Me fight. Either. Is this a thing that actually no. happens outside of movies? No. I don't think it does. I don't think so either. And so then a kid screams food fight. Everybody starts brawling. Like, who would waste food? I don't I, know. You know I don't Going, think I, I, just, do I know this is not the point of the scene, <laughs> but I'm just like, now that I'm thinking about it, why would you have a food fight? What's fun about that? I mean, you don't even get to eat the food. Do you remember how expensive food yes, was in high school? I do. And I also feel like it's shitty for it to be like, this is the episode that introduces the one fat character on the show. So we're going to have the action sequence be a food food fight like fuck know, you like too. why not have I this know. be a scene not in the cafeteria like why not have them get into a fight outside like over something that's not food like why is it i don't food? know it's because like this is what they do this I is what they up. think that people do it's actually it. really not it. it's really obnoxious that they're doing this but whatever so then kitty's just like peace and she like <laughs> okay, leaves and she goes through the floor that. and i'm like did anybody see that <laughs> I thought it was funny. Like, Kitty was just like, I'm not staying for this. And I have a superpower that lets me escape any situation. So bye. <laughs> and I was like, and yeah, that's about right. So Kitty's gone. I didn't even, where does Nightcrawler even go? I think he's just he not there disappears. at this point. He's not in the rest of the scene. So he's gone. No, he's just gone. Anyway, so Jean goes to stop Fred, but he's too busy screaming and spinning a table around. And yes. Jean slips on some food. But he can't see because there's food in his eyes. Yeah. I don't even know. There's a commercial break. We don't know if Jean's going to die or not. Yeah, Jean so dies. So then it comes back. <laughs> I know. She comes that's back the end of the episode. The and then Phoenix. that's how she turns it to the Phoenix. Yeah, it's anyway, great. <laughs> so then we come back. And this is actually where I I disagree with Scott's uh, actions too. here. Because Cyclops blasts the table away from him. Yes. So by this point, I guess every single student in the school has left. And now Scott and Jean can just like use their the powers in an empty gone. cafeteria. There's no teachers, by the way. Where the fuck is Mystique? She's not helping out the kid who she forced to go to high school. Well, she's too busy. We find out later that she's hiding... I don't know. She either is hiding behind a locker or she or she just is the locker. I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, Mystique is turned into a locker and she's just this watching this and form. giggling and she's like, haha, I love it when the teens fight. We, I really, you know, honestly, <laughs> we need a version of Mystique who turns into stupid shit. Yeah, okay. I mean, well, I guess that's morph, but like, you know. It's funnier if it's Mystique. So I don't even know why Mystique is doing any of the stuff she's doing. So that actually seems believable. So anyway, all the kids have <laughs> left. Scott and Jean are confronting Fred. Um, so Jean is, is being calm and she's like, put the table down, Fred. And Fred is shocked as soon as he realizes that gene was right below him and in the line of fire of his like rage spiral that he was understandably in and so then scott is like you heard her big man if you want to fight try me yeah like honestly like scott should, scott immediately runs over and, like, and makes it elevates he's like, the situation he's like, i'm gonna threaten you yeah. so you understand that you can't have friends and it's like scott what Fuck the off. hell yeah and so then fred goes they shouldn't have laughed at me and gene goes no they shouldn't scott don't you have a class to get to or something and scott is like i'll be close if you need me real close and i was like scott fuck off like i know i know whatever. even gene's like please fuck off yeah like, go away i mean i do i do appreciate that line where fred says they shouldn't have laughed yeah. at me and gene agrees and i do 
think that is a good line. There's some good stuff hidden in here. Yeah, it's, it's like just under tough. like three layers of bullshit. It's but also whatever. tough because I feel like by this point, Fred is depicted as not a human being anymore. Like I know, I agree. I don't know what's happening. It gets crazy. It goes down like a horror route in about five seconds. I know, so. and so like by this point, Fred is becoming like less and less intelligent and socially aware. Like to the point where he's like barely saying full sentences. Like the stuff I read is like the most that fred says and the voice actor's delivery of it is like very chopped and like as though i don't know he's just acting like not a person like i don't know how else to describe this like he's not depicted as like this is not even the version of fred that continues to exist on this show really like after this episode he tones it way down probably because this episode is crazy like i don't i don't like it depicts fred as like this hyper violent like being almost Wait, that, like, that literally all of that goes away after this episode well, it's good, just this episode I, I that he's like this I'm willing, I don't know I'm willing why. to mentally retcon this episode because like it's so over I, the top you know what's really funny is that I when we were going to watch this episode I was like I remember hating this episode but I couldn't remember why and it's not one of those episodes that I ever went back or rewatched because I, I don't why think I really I? recommend and watching it, it honestly I didn't realize how much I hated like this the portrayal of Fred in this yeah it's terrible it's terrible so then we get a little Rogue Scott scene. Yeah. So this is this is great. She's it. spying on everybody. Yeah, I like it. I like it. When Scott's leaving the cafeteria, she quickly runs back to her locker and pretends like she wasn't doing that. Yeah, I like it. She walks out. And she's like, she's like, oh, wow, y'all like look out for each other, don't you? And Scott's like, yeah, we do. And then Mystique like morphs out of being. <laughs> she she stops being a locker, turns into herself, and she's like, what's going on here? And Rogue's like, nothing. And Cyclops is like, we were just talking, Principal Darkum. But okay, so by the way, how. How have they not figured out that she's Mystique yet? I don't like, know. Rogue knows. Rogue I don't knows, know. but Scott doesn't know, which is interesting. Okay, here's another episode, thing about Wolverine this. Wolverine knew. It was kind of like, yeah. okay, I don't know. I f- Wolverine knows, and you know who else would know? Xavier. He has fucking Cerebro. He knows exactly who Mystique is. He knows who the Brotherhood is. He knows so all of So he's like, it. let me just send them all into Mystique's Why school. Why is he sending them to Mystique's school? But also, counterpoint. Also giving them, not giving them that information. Does he give them that information? Like, I wonder if Scott actually does know, because remember when he saved Kurt in that situation where he was like seeing Kurt talking to Mystique and getting in trouble with her and he was like uh Kurt your teacher needs you by Principal Darkholm like maybe Scott does know who she is I don't think so I think we're gonna find out whenever Rogue switches sides but I don't remember how they get it's there. just stupid because it's another situation where it's like Xavier treats the children like adults but also clearly doesn't give them all the information that they need like I, I don't really understand what the mind, fuck's man. happening here it's like Xavier's like I'm gonna take my kids in my school and send them to my enemy's school and the, but doesn't it say that I don't yeah, know like why but he probably does it like to have them keep an eye on Mystique also but, but, like why are all the mutants in this one school is my question I don't know I can't explain it but like is this okay. something in the water like I don't know I feel like it would make more sense if Xavier had sent them to spy on Mystique I mean it's terrible to make 15 year olds do that but also he doesn't tell them that but he doesn't tell them that I don't know anyway whatever we're obsessing about this fucking thing anyway so let's go because (laughs) so Mystique is like stop talking and go to class Rogue walks away and Scott's like hey don't forget in the park after school bring the playbook with you and Mystique just looks pissed off and I'm like Mystique did you really think that like Rogue and Scott weren't gonna talk to each other they go to the same fucking school like they got paired together for class Mystique is not very calculating in this show and but I don't know why Xavier. they're both kind of stupid 
it. So like, <laughs> I mean, and also Magneto's making paper cups spin around. I know. So, like, so I the don't adults know what are kind of incompetent. But you know what? That's fine because this is basically a fan fiction. It's, it's almost like it's a fan fiction written by teenagers. Yes. You know, which is probably why we fucking love this show because it felt like it was for us. So anyway. So there we have this whole conversation that I actually do. I, this I is probably like, one of the scenes I do enjoy, yeah. which Fred is like, when they laugh at me, I kind of explode inside, you know? Yeah, and I'm I get on it, Fred's man. side for that. I yeah, get I'm like, it. I've been there. I feel you. Gene goes, I understand, but you got to learn how to control yourself. You can get training. And Fred's like, Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Where? where? Gene's like, I learned to control my gifts at the Institute where I live. And Fred goes, gifts? You mean you have powers too? And he gets all excited because yeah. I clearly hasn't met somebody besides Mystique at this point who could do that. Yeah. And then Gene's like, watch this. And she looks around and then levitates a chair to the wall, which smashes into a thousand pieces. Yes. And Fred's like, wow, you can really pound people with that. And Gene's like, no, Fred, that's what we learned not to do. And then, and then I actually, I hate this, but it makes sense. Where yes. Gene says, that's what the Xavier Institute is all about. Control. Yeah. And I go, yeah, that's exactly that what exactly Xavier what would want. That is exactly what it's about. I kind of love that line, though, because I was like, that is so fucking true. It is so Xavier. I know. Yeah. And then so Gene's like, I'd love to take you there sometime. I know the professor would like to meet you. Just let me know when you're ready. Which I love is, this. So I love this So far on this show, Gene is the person who has gone now to Kitty and to Rogue, and now Fred being like, "Hey, you know, if whenever you want to come talk, I'm but here like, for you." But like, you don't Even have to. When Nightcrawler was there, like, you know, yeah. Scott was all like, "Whoa, he's blue," but Gene kind of ignored that and she's like do you have any interesting powers this version of gene is great it's great honestly. she's like emotionally intelligent but also still like a little bit too overconfident at times and she's like still a horny which, girl which like i like all gene of it gray. I love it is it. who gene gray has always been yeah so fred's like i'll think about it so now as gene's leaving fred sees gene's bag and he's like oh hey wait a second but then he sees her with cyclops yeah. and gene's like what's up and fred's like oh nothing don't worry about it and then she leaves yeah. and he this is where it takes like like I don't even know. Okay, so let me just explain what happened. So yeah. he sees a picture of like Jean and Scott that he pulls out of her bag. Yep. He rips it in half, yeah. takes the part with Jean and puts it in his pocket, then stomps on the other side with Scott, which it's like, okay, this is escalating way too fast. And then after this, we're going to go into an extreme like assaultish yeah like it's just abusive. straight up rapey like, i'm like i was like what is this what we're gonna do with the one fat character we have on this show is gonna turn him into like this physically abusive potentially yeah. rape scene because i am not here for that yeah and i i feel like at this point this is around where he starts to be like lenian of mice and men or like some other character where it's just like what is happening so first of all fred has been depicted as been wearing a huge pair of overalls this whole time which is like okay like he's supposed to be from some hick town as he described it like fine but i don't really like it because here it's so noticeable that he's acting like a child and like overalls are like what kids wear and like when he rips up the cyclops photo and starts stomping on it he just looks like a tiny baby like an angry baby and i was like why are you doing this like he yeah okay that's a good point i never thought about that he's dressed like a kid like it's just another example of how this show is not treating him like an adult or at least like a teenage human being like he just starts turning into a kid like it's well i mean we're supposed to be giving this perspective that he's acting like this because nobody's treating him that way but gene is but she he's is. still acting and like, it's like you know, it i doesn't... feel like the lesson here is like gene was actually wrong to be so nice to him which i hate that i don't like that lesson and, and like gene is being kind to him and she's 
rewarded for it by him starting to stalk her and then try to sexually assault her basically like that is yeah, I know. what it's, happens it's next. not okay and, and it's like why why is this how this character well, i know reacting? because like this is where it goes from this is where i say it turns into a horror movie yeah. where he's depicted as somebody that is on par with I don't know. It's, it's not even like like a monster. Like he's not a person. Well, no, but it's not even that. Well, yeah, a monster, but it's not even like one of those like fun, interesting characters that have been from like previous horror films. And I'm t- I'm talking like Freddy Cougar, mm-hmm, Jason mm-hmm. Voorhees, uh, this you know any of the characters from Hellraiser or even like the psychopaths from Scream. They're not depicted in that way. It's like more like like the generation and this is this is what horror is horror was at the time so that's why i'm specifically referencing this is that in the early 2000s we made a shift where you know horror was going from this political commentary where we went into this weird like one decade of torture situations yeah. where some random dude that got made fun of once or twice or yeah. was being made fun of was then like kidnapping people in hotels tying them up and then torturing them and like fucking them like that was a thing we went through for a while i mean i guess i guess arguably it could have been a political political stance I mean, at that I time think- but like it's like that's that is what they're this is the type of monster they're portraying Fred as because that's what horror was turning into. This I think time. you're right. And it brought back like how much I really hated horror for that time. We have gotten away from that. But as somebody who has worked in like the hot, like the horror industry for, I don't know, like 20 years at this point, like and I you've don't always watch. I don't and like that. And I think that is probably why I did not like this episode is it took such a left turn and it just, I don't like that depiction of a fat person. Like it just is, it's bad. It's all really, it's bad. really bad from this point forward. It's like, it's really bad. It is, honestly destroys what the episode sets up yeah so i think the reason why that trend happened is because we're in like a post columbine shooting version of media and like the way that people talk about bullying and like yes media went through a sort of interesting phase in the early 2000s where there were a lot of anti-bullying campaigns and a lot of like discussion around the fact that it's bad to bully people for being different i totally forgot about that people are still doing it and also but like you can tell that 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 message is in this episode but it's so confusing the problem though is that inherently this is a big problem with the time is that people that looked like that they were being bullied or like had some sort of trauma going on like instead of like yeah you were there was all this anti-bully motions happening but what the faculty and the principals were doing at the time were taking those people and keeping an eye on them because they didn't want them to come shoot up the school yeah. even though 90 percent like because that was happening to me at the time mm-hmm. they kept on like questioning me like because like I wore a trench coat and stuff, yeah. But I, I I was not aware about like what Columbine even was at that time because the, it's not like where we have the internet now and you can just like look up what happened and unfortunately even find like live feeds of it happening. It's like you know like I had no idea like, yeah, like anything the, like, about that, and so I didn't realize that I was signing myself up for that. But but they were treating me like I was going to come and shoot up the school, and that's kind of like what happens to. Here well, a bit I also. also think, I mean, at least in my experiences with getting sent to the guidance counselor, which absolutely also happened to me because I was considered scary. So like, yeah. I would say my experience with it was that I had to apologize to people who were bullying me and I had to be the one who stopped being I different. remember you telling me that because like they didn't make me do that, but I remember you messaging me at the time being really fucking angry about it. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? I, you like internalized that for a while. I'm so that mad about great. it still because I don't know, there were a bunch of girls who 
called me a dyke all the time in school and like that's fair i was pretty dykey but also fuck I mean, them. You should, you, um, if you can find them that'd be like turns out i am bitches you yeah, know whatever okay whatever we those all of those experiences were crazy to me looking back but i do think that at that time in the early 2000s guidance counselors and they probably still are but I, we don't know we're not in high school but they were basically told if a kid is different try to convince them to stop being so different and weird like it wasn't like convince the other kids to accept them for being different in some way it was like just get that different kid to quit being such a fucking weirdo this episode <laughs> is making us think a lot more than i was expecting it to I know, honestly this is gonna so. be a long episode okay whatever Ugh. it's fine it's fine so then okay. we see we well, see I the mean, first... is it though like it's it, it kind of escalates and goes really fast from here so you're right because this is when like fred turns into that super villain that's from I know horror films where he's like hiding in bushes, yeah. like spying on Jean, taking <sighs> pictures. Okay, it's so like Jean, not- Jean in this scene is hanging out with a different girl, which I like this. I like that Jean has all these different friends that we don't necessarily know I that much too. about. And her friend's name is Taryn. And so Taryn's complaining about homework. They're both commiserating. And then Fred walks up to them and he awkwardly tries to ask Jean out on a date. And he's like, want to get a soda or something? And then Jean's like, sorry, Fred, I can't. I've got some stuff I got to do. How about I catch up with you tomorrow? And then she walks off. And then Fred is like, stuff, huh? That's the best you could come up with stuff. And then Jean's like, Taryn, you better go on without me. I'll catch up with you later. And Taryn does you gonna be okay, which like, obviously she should be asking because Fred looks like he's about to get violent with Jean. And like, I mean, even if like it wasn't Fred, if it was just a dude or yeah, a woman like that was like, dude but who's like, just suddenly like, coming we, up and acting like this. Being Fred, if it was just like anybody who's acting like that, I do like that. Taryn says, yeah, she's hey, like, are you okay? Are you, okay? Are you sure you yeah. want me to walk away? And Jean is like, yeah, it's all good. So then she turns to Fred and she's like, look, Fred, I like you and all, but I have responsibilities. And that means I can't go with you right now. And then Fred grabs her wrist and he's like, but you're my friend. This is around where he just starts acting like a dog man because like I, what I the don't fuck? know I don't know so then Gene is like I thought so but friends don't hurt each other now let go and like now Gene is like talking to him like he's a child but I can't really blame her because like I, I mean I don't he's know acting I mean, like see, one. Like, so like see, Gene's Gene's reaction here is also wrong if somebody like aggressively came at her like this I mean okay so uh, <laughs> the problem is that she was so nice to Fred and now suddenly suddenly I mean, she's getting punished now, for it yeah but like she also knows that he has super strength and a temper so like what was she expecting to accomplish here and like I don't, I don't know, know. I, I I'm mean, not saying that Jean's wrong and that she shouldn't be pushing back on somebody <sighs> attacking her like that I don't this is so fucking complicated yeah it's <laughs> it's more just that it's at this point it's depicting it as again as though Jean is somehow being punished for trying to recruit him in the first place and be kind I, to yes, him I, that's, Which, that's like, it I think you I are saying better it. than I am I don't like that they're showing this for her I don't like they're showing this for Fred I think that this is shitty I think it's just bad all around yeah I think it would be way more interesting if Fred kept getting bullied i'm just gonna rewrite the end of this episode if fred kept getting bullied and he was like gene like i want to take extreme action against these bullies and gene is like i can't come with you on that because i'm with xavier and like we don't do that shit there and he's like okay i guess we're not friends like that would be interesting and like a good understandable motivation for fred if fred is just like you can't you don't want to push back against things and i do and like mystique and magneto are gonna let me do that so fuck off i guess like that's interesting but that's not what happens here he just starts attacking gene physically and i'm like why dude why anyway yeah, i don't know it's so bad and he's like i just want to talk to you for a second yeah. in private so he drags gene away yeah physically he's dragging her he's away like she's yelling her let in, me into go a construction site yeah. by the way yeah and gene's like i said let go of me fred i have to go home and fred let's go finally he goes you can't you have to go out with me yeah and it's like oh like oh my god why are we in this version of fred now what the fuck happened where did the turn t- go and gene's like i don't have to go anywhere but home 
So she he grabs her again. She goes, let me go. So Dream starts to telekinetically throw stuff from the construction site at Fred. Mm-hmm. And it's just bouncing off of him. And he's like laughing like, I don't know. I, I don't like really any of scary. it. It's really scary. Like at this point, Fred is again a horror monster. Like he's laughing at her. He's still holding yeah, he, her he's down. He's gone from being a teenage kid that's been bullied with superpowers to like just a one on, i'm a monster yeah. i'm gonna sexually assault you yeah. and I, it's like nothing can hurt me i'm gonna laugh every single time you throw stuff at me and i'm gonna eat food while i do it and i'm like what the fuck happened how did we get here what it like started off strong and then completely fell apart at the seams i know like, i what? know i hate it so then gene is screaming let me go she pulls more stuff down onto him and it ends up collapsing the entire construction site on top of both of them gene faints or gets knocked out actually i think she Probably gets knocked she gets out because she's got like a huge wound on her forehead yeah and so then fred busts them both out of the wreckage and then carries gene away into the sunset and this is what's why we get a commercial break and i'm like what the fuck yeah Yeah. i I mean is this like really like what we're leaving on okay and then we wake up in a fucking saw movie yeah that's what that's what i'm saying like because this is around the time of saw and all this stupid shit and i'm sure you are I'm sure as soon as you saw this happen, I can only imagine because I was angry. I was but just I can like, imagine that. what the fuck is going on? Like, I don't I don't know. So she wakes up in a chair where Fred has like bent metal around like a metal pipe around her on the chair. Yeah. And has like all these candles set up and like a several meal. dishes of food. And he's like, I hope you're ready for your day. And Gene's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. And the, that's when she straight up finally is like, Professor, I need help. Like right the fuck now yeah she sends him a a mental message and so then we get the scene okay i like all the scenes that don't have fred in them because yeah that's that's how i feel too because like this this. next scene this is is okay so we find out that logan is the gym teacher which actually makes a lot of sense by the way like it's probably the only decision that's made teacher i think they're just training them in general training like how to be tactical so logan is wearing like a special x-men karate gi with like an x on the back i love it i love it this is by the way this is an action figure you can get is the x-men evolution wolverine in a karate uniform i'm gonna ebay that and see what it is now but yeah that is a whole thing um so then kitty and kurt are playing football together but they're using their powers and so they're kind of playing football but they're mostly just trying to tackle each other and stuff and evade each other and so kitty's running with the football and logan's like that's it half pint keep the ball away from the elf gotta concentrate or and then kitty like accidentally runs into a branch because she's not looking and she isn't remembering like to phase shift through everything i know she's like she's like ow yeah like, oh, okay yeah and so then the ball flies out of her hands kurt catches it he teleports around logan's like watch where you're porting and then kurt lands on a branch that breaks underneath him he falls and then kitty teleports through him to get the ball and also like yeah. gives his tail a tug like while she's at it just to fuck with him and then right. logan does like a face palm and he's like what kind of move is that which is pretty funny and xavier's also in the background and he's like innovation adaptation it's what they're here to learn which i did mind i was like yeah that's true kitty's got yeah, yeah, like, okay. it's cute right. so then xavier gets the message from gene and he's like uh gene's been kidnapped and logan's like you elf get cyclops i gotta ride and then logan puts on his costume and gets on his motorcycle and drives away to rescue the teenage girl who he's dating and i yeah, hate I know, it which which we're but, like okay this is bad again yeah like, now here it's we bad go. again now we go so then scott and rogue are in the park reading their scene together this, this is sexy, actually my favorite scene, scene the whole episode oh, yeah i liked right it too here. I uh, this is too. really good. So they're reading this scene. 
from Henry V and the lines are that Scott is like, do you like me, Kate? And Rogue is a French princess and she's like, pardonnez-moi, I cannot tell what is like me. And Scott goes, an angel is like you, Kate, and you are like an angel. And then Rogue breaks character and she's like, the girls are right. You are a charmer. Okay, it's such a <laughs> Rogue line. I love it. She's like, gotta flirt with you now. And I I'm like, oh, liked there's it the because, Rogue we like, all know and love. It's Rogue and I don't know. She's an awkward teen. I liked all of it. And then Scott gets super flustered suddenly and he's like, look, I'm just reading the lines, okay? And then Rogue is like, yeah, I know. It's just sometimes I wish. And then she kind of trails off. And Scott's like, yeah, what? And Rogue is like, wish I could get close to somebody. But you know what happens when I do. And then suddenly Kurt teleports in onto the table. And he's like, whoa, tender moment. Sorry to interrupt. And it's like hilarious. I like that. And then Rogue says, I swear. He's like an annoying little brother and then nightcrawler sticks out his tongue i love that they, they set this up for like a at the full camera three seasons. and they're like brother brother get it <laughs> yeah yeah they're like brother and like zooms away very slowly <laughs> and then mystique is a locker in the background and she's like haha <laughs> yeah i know and this is going on like nightcrawler sticking out his tongue scott's like what's the problem but casually kirk casually <laughs> says oh gene's been napped and i'm like and scott's like what the fuck <laughs> he's like he's like, like then scott like, is like losing and it and he's like easy my boyfriend wolverine's on the set and i'm supposed to collect you and this is when scott immediately assumes it's the blob yeah and he goes he's like blob if he hurt her i'll and then i hate that he turns to rogue yes. he's like do you know anything about this but it turns out she does which is like so fucked but yeah. like so I mean basically, does she I feel like it's kind of unclear how much she knows I think she knows that the I think she must know that Fred took her somewhere because she goes and finds them she does go and find them but I, I yeah you're right I wonder like, I wonder how if that's else would because she know that Mystique told her where Fred is staying no because they're all staying okay what we're gonna find out is that Mystique actually has the brotherhood in like a frat house together right but but Fred is living at the old ironworks place. He's not in the frat house. I guess he gets to it later. No, I don't think he's living there. I think he just took her there. Yeah. So then I don't know how Rogue finds out this information, to be honest. Uh, But anyway, I think think Fred probably is like, I'm going out with Gene. I don't know. Yeah. Who fucking knows? So so after Scott is like, do you know anything about this? Rogue is like, no. And even if I did, I wouldn't tell you. And then Scott is like, then I hope you can live with your conscience. And then Rogue has this moment of looking like, really sad and like damn yeah, and this uh, starts playing this incredibly like morose music starts yeah. playing in which like in the background like this incredibly <laughs> fucked up scene is happening and then scott turns to kurt and goes this. teleport to maximum mr wagner and kurt goes i i captain it's and like scott goes engage and they teleport away while the sad music is playing i, and I was like it. wait a second i loved it so much though because it was like they're such fucking nerds like they're watching star <laughs> trek together in their dorm room like i don't know it was so know. funny it's really funny and I loved Rogue like ignoring it and just like looking sad yeah, in the corner. Yeah, there's like, like sad whatever. music played that I got. Then meanwhile, it switches from the sad music straight up to like Power Rangers. Yeah. Which like Wolverine's riding his motorcycle and Xavier's talking to the kids in their cars. He's like, I don't know where Jean is. We have to find her. Like, this I don't is understand. where he calls Fred the blob, by the way, which I was like, Xavier, fuck off. Like, at least yeah, call I mean, him seriously. Fred, but whatever. And then so meanwhile, Fred is getting ready to fuck Jean, which is really fucked. And then like Fred's like, this is going to do the best night you ever had it's dinner and dancing and gene's like fred this is all wrong you can't force someone to like you and fred goes why not i'm stronger than everyone 
Jean's like, being nice usually works better. And Fred's like, oh, yeah, I just remembered. I've got a surprise for you. But like, I really think the line should have been there. Fred saying, yeah, that's never worked out for me in the past. But that's not what he does. Instead, he's like, I'm just going to run away and stupidly like run into like he's an idiot now. Yeah. He's like he's a child. Like, I don't know. He's not acting like a teenager. I don't understand. And then meanwhile, Logan finds the warehouse. He sniffs it. And he's like, I found it. He's going in. And like, professor's like, wait for the backup. And Logan's just like, nope. Okay, but also the backup is three teenagers who have no idea what they're doing. I mean, honestly, so I was yeah. kind of so like on Logan's side, but I don't know. I don't like, know. I, it By was the, crazy. So Fred's getting a record player. That's the surprise he yeah, has for Gene. God. And then Wolverine bursts in, and we watch like 20 minutes of them fighting, yep. and it's like Gene's trying to escape. Yeah, while she's Logan's trying, trying to use to her powers him. to like unwrap Which the is metal like, pipe. I don't know. It's like almost like, yeah, they might be dating, but I don't even know what's happening here. I didn't like Fred it. Fred eventually jumps on Logan, and Logan has like a really annoying line. He's like, you're so fat you're crushing me yeah, and i'm like I hate oh it. my god where i'm like how did we get here I hate like all how did we i'm By getting this like, point, all annoyed I was, like, so it's mentally like re- checked out from the episode oranges wolverine all over again i fucking hate it so then cyclops shows up at the door well jeans jeans started to lift a filing cabinet yes that's true so jean is finally using some of her powers but um cyclops shows up at the door scott blasts fred with his eye beams fred picks up logan and throws him at cyclops blah blah more more shit happens cyclops's visor falls off and after he's knocked out and then this is where rogue shows up which is cool i like that rogue finally fucking shows up so we know that it's rogue because she puts her it doesn't the camera doesn't show us this but rogue like puts her hand next to cyclops's brain and like absorbs his powers and we're like oh shit it's rogue and i was like why didn't rogue put on his visor like for some reason, she just doesn't, and like is well, but just... for, for some reason she can also control the blast. Yeah, but I thought she that was interesting. Do. Like, I guess she didn't absorb enough of his power that like, she. Well, in a few minutes, she's gonna say that she only took a very small dose of his powers. Right. So it's not like he has. She has the full on effect, I guess. Yeah. So she has like is, some version of it that she can control. But while Rogue is is walking in there, um, we see another scene between Jean and Fred, where Fred just turns on Jean and is like, "Now I'm just gonna fucking kill you because you sent yeah. your friends here to kill me. So fuck you." and so then he starts throwing furniture at her and she's like using her telekinesis to stop it but she doesn't die yeah but he's like clearly going to kill her and then luckily rogue shows up to save her and attacks fred from behind and is like leave her alone you yahoo and then fred is like what are you gonna do to me make me wear bad makeup which i don't know i thought that was kind of funny honestly i I laughed at it too but like that's fair and then rogue's like didn't mystique tell you what my power is and fred's like no because i don't care and rogue's like my power is your power and I could take more than I want and or whatever she does that and Jean's like genuinely shocked in the background yeah yeah Jean is looking through the door at all of this like damn what the fuck and so okay then- but also I hate this line where Fred says you can't hurt me I'm the blob and it's like after everything we've set up this episode it's clear that Fred doesn't like being called the blob so why is he now accepting that well, name the, you know? because his arc in this episode is that he is becoming the monster that everyone sees him as I mean not that Fair. that's well okay. written at all it is not no, well it's not. written because I, I did not get that until you literally explained that to me but in I this moment but I hate that for him and I also I don't do too. I feel like it would be I don't interesting if they showed that from him. If he was like, well, if everybody thinks I'm a monster, I'm going to be one. Like, like basically like the Avalanche episode we saw. I keep referring to it, but that's because I because think it Avalanche was a better Because Avalanche does it a little episode. bit better. I don't know. And it's, this and isn't. It's just, 
So whatever. I also thought it was funny that Rogue specifically was like, I can take more than one power. And she's like screaming it during a battle scene because I was like, thanks, Rogue. <laughs> thanks for explaining to me, the audience member, that you can take more than one power. Um, so anyway, Rogue goes, you're just garbage that wanted to date, which is like the euphemism for you're just a garbage rapist. And I was like, sure, okay. And then she goes, now tell you what, I'm taking you out. And then she flings him through the ceiling into the sky because she gets the blob's powers by this point. She right. gets Fred's powers. And and um, then uh, this is like, I don't know if this is supposed to be funny or sad or both, but Fred gets like thrown into I don't a landfill. Like, I, don't, I actually don't like this. I don't yeah, like he gets it either. Th- he gets thrown into the dump. Yeah. And he lands there. A bunch of seagulls start like circling him, him and squawking him and he screams stop laughing at me at them like as though he has well and truly lost it and he's like yeah yeah and then the he falls into the garbage and like starts sobbing and i'm like what, what? yeah is and happening? then like Why a is he sad in the piano is playing but it's like it's not fully like a tragic piano it's like kind of a thoughtful piano where i'm like is this supposed to be funny or sad or both like i don't know like, what, what am i supposed to make of this episode I at this point like no okay so then so, we get okay, this so final scene rogue is putting the visor on scott and that's when she explains there you go i only took a short dose of your powers you should be back to normal soon and then scott's like you are like an angel kate and rogue's like my name's not kate and i'm no angel and gene's like so why did you help us though and rogue's like i don't know i just don't know which is so rogue and then she runs away and we're like uh okay yeah yeah so then gene starts to run after her and then logan grabs her and is like easy red let her go she ain't ready trust me on this which i don't know i don't love logan like with this weird relationship he has with Jane, but I at least like that he was the one who was like, she's not ready to be a part of this. Yeah. Like, I was a loner, I can tell. And so then Kitty goes, okay, so maybe she's part of the dark, icky side, but I figure we like totally owe her now. And I was like, like okay, what Kitty? is this line? And then Scott just goes, yeah, we do, big time. Then he puts his arm around Jean and they leave. And yeah. it's like, that episode and like everybody's forgotten about fred apparently like nobody in this scene is like by the way is fred dead like should we care they don't seem to care they're just like well that's just some that's some like fat guy rapist and we're like wow that is not a good message to send it's not it's like fred is trash to them now like they literally have forgotten fred and put him in the trash they put him into the actual trash and they're like bye we don't care about you anymore which like on the one it's like, hand, by the way, it's like it's not just any trash. It's like discarded food specifically, I and it's like I don't like any of this. I don't understand so... what went wrong here. Well, actually, I do understand what went wrong, but Bigotry? like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why it had to go in that direction because at the beginning of the episode, I was kind of on board. I was like, okay, I like how they we're dealing with the fact that he's angry because people are making fun of him for the way he looks, and like you know, Mystique coming in and like giving him a new life, but then like still dealing with the same issues in school but then it like dissolves after that where he loses intelligence and then he like goes into like oh i like food let's have a food fight now i'm gonna fucking kidnap this one girl that's talking to me and i'm gonna yeah try because and only one her. girl and it's like, could what? ever be interested in me because i'm fat and therefore i'm unlovable and unfuckable uh, it's, and it's like, like all of it is, is happening like, it didn't need to go this route like this the beginning of this episode was so strong and i think you said it right, Maddie, where you're like, I think at the time, the po- well, you can talk about this. We were talking well, yeah. about like how the politics were different at that time. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think that at this point, making an episode like this, I would hope it wouldn't happen. And like, there's more acknowledgement of fat phobia now than there once was. It could be significantly better. Don't get me wrong. But like, at least it's like a buzzword that people even say at this point. Whereas in 2000, that's not true at all. Like fat characters were depicted as, as bad. But I think that because of the anti-bullying movements that we referred to, which were 
were also sort of circling around this time where like teachers and also people creating media were starting to be like, maybe bullying people for being different is kind of bad. Maybe we should be writing stories about that. But you can tell in this episode they haven't figured out how to do it yet. And they haven't figured out like what stance to take. And those confused politics are basically just all on display here where it's like, yes, it's bad that people are laughing at Fred because he's fat, because he looks different, because he has superpowers also and so on. But like then Fred is shown by at first fighting back against it, the bullies, which is like sort of interesting. But then it's shown that like it just flattens out into the Xavier message where it's like all violence is bad and like you're bad and you need to control everything and like fit in. I don't know. Put that together with Kurt wearing the watch to make him look normal. And I'm just like, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. You don't know how you feel about any of that. Yeah, and it's like not it's, great. It's not great, but it's interesting at the very least. And it's like it's basically just a snapshot of the politics of, of the year 2000 is really what it is. It's like. Like, this is right. where we were at at this time. And for that reason, it's interesting, even though it's also deeply depressing. And I don't I think this is a skip. I don't think people need to watch this episode. I don't think you need to watch this either, because it's mostly very uncomfortable to watch in that same way that when we watch X-Men Origins Wolverine, they introduced the blob and we were just like, oh, <sighs> I can't deal with this. It's upsetting. But like, it's, it manages to take that like 30 steps further yeah. than that. And like I just like I said, I think the setup is there. It could have worked. They could have done something about like don't judge people by their appearance. Like that is the message Jean is trying to send. Mm-hmm. But, but then, then she's punished for it. Well, they turn him into into a literal monster. They turn him into what a monster would have been in horror in two thousand. Like a comedic, over the top, like absurd monster. Like I don't like know. Like this big oaf man is here, and he's also like Has gonna no like he's so brain. big. He's gonna use his strength, and he's just gonna kill people and like kidnap them and tie them up and shit and yeah, torture and he has them. This and voracious like, appetite for food and for killing people like he just can't control his urges like all of that is like stereotypes like on stereotypes so it's whatever i it's awful i, I don't how we gotta rate the episode though what do you think i mean <laughs> i don't know I, i'm like, somewhere between a one and or a two out of five x's but like maybe like a 1.5 and it's specifically for the rogue stuff yeah i like the rogue stuff i like kurt and and cyclops's relationship here i i think that's cute i'll give it a one I, I don't know. It's rough. I really think people can skip this one. I think, well, I'm giving it a point, 1.5 because I think no, the it's beginning fair. has I, the setup that I that could have worked and it didn't go down that route. Instead, it did this extremely horrible story instead. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yesterday when I watched it, I enjoyed the rogue scene so much that I was like, maybe I would give this episode a 2.5. But then sleeping on it, I was like, that's pretty yeah, bad. Yeah, same. But then also, as we were starting to record this episode, we just kind of got angrier and angrier as we went along, <laughs> and then we kept on sidestepping from I the know. plot to talk about our personal well, experiences and sort terrible. of the messages that this sends about how we shouldn't bully people, especially if they look different and mm-hmm. like and like people I don't know, we just, know who is, were bullied and like I don't know. This is this is literally the time period when we were going to high school, and these are the messages that we were being sent. So this I mean, is yeah, I know. this so is it's emotional because really we were in high school, and also like I come from a fat family. Yeah, like, that's just how it is, and. Well, I myself have not experienced that personally because for some reason my genetics didn't line up in that way. I saw it happen to my entire family every day, like yeah. uh, every day on the basis. So I was there protecting them and, and like, helping maybe them. Maybe people know? think it's weird or something that we talk so much about fat phobia on the show, but like I hope people don't think it's weird because it's a significant problem and like it needs to be called out by other I don't people. Think, I don't think anybody on our show. I hope not. Uh, I mean, I, I, everybody who listens to our show for the most part like doesn't question why we call any Good. of this kind of stuff out because they're generally on board with us. I, I mean, hope I, so in, our, because... in our Discord right now, by the way, we're recording this the week that 
the weekend that New Mutants came out. Mm-hmm. The people that have seen it in our Discord are so mad about all the racist bullshit in there, and also the racist bullshit that Josh Boone has yes, gone out and God. said. So, like, I don't think anybody is gonna like. I just question don't. I don't. I just. This. I know that this is a long episode. I know we've really gone into detail about it, but like, well, but I think it's I important just want that people, people need to, to stop, like shaming people for the way they look especially if they are fat yeah because so much of it is genetic and there's so much research on this i don't i think thankfully a lot of those tropes have i mean they're still there in certain places but they have started to dissipate at least within like because people are calling it out though which is part of why it's so important for people to continue to call out these stereotypes and that's why we're doing it there there, you can do the blob and do him correctly first of all you need to stop calling the blob secondly like is that a good transition into who's that x-men by the way yeah let's do that because i I, it's short but there's good things to say so you ready Who's, who's that X-Men? <laughs> <laughs> right, here we go. Okay. Who's, who's that X-Men? X-Men. We're Maddie, where do are we do you? it at the same time? <laughs> did we do it? Did we line it up? We did it. Oh I don't my know. God. I don't know. This is who's what happens when we do the show as the caffeine drops into our system. <laughs> anyway, so talking about obviously Fred Dukes, yes. the blob, and that's the last time I will refer to him as that, unless there is a point to reference it. Mm-hmm. You know, what we're going to get to is like how there is a way to create a version of Fred that I think is. Treats him uh, as a human being. Yes. And can also still work where it can be a fat character that has superhuman strength. Mm-hmm. I think that is something that is possible to do without being insulting. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, Fred was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby in X-Men number three. His powers include superhero strength, endurance, durability, and resilience, and near impenetrable skin. Um, he also has the ability to like sort of, I don't know, like defy gravity at times, which I think is more supposed to be a joke than an actual power, yeah. but like has turned into a power. That's cool. So like it started out probably decades ago as a joke about how he's a fat person, but now it's more just yeah, an actual that he has canonical own, yeah, power. Like, I've heard that that joke too many times yeah, before. Stupid. Um, so Fred was born in Lubbock, Texas. He started off as a member of the circus sideshow under the name The Blob. His act was that he could remain stationary when others tried to move him. Mm-hmm. Okay, honestly, interesting. I don't really like it, but still better than I mean, some that's his what power, we saw depicted here today. And he had to make a living somehow. Yeah. And like this is, you know, a marginalized right. character making a living in the world. So. Right. Sure. So Cyclops asks him to join the X-Men. And so he does go to the X-Mansion, but the X-Men that were there, which was the original five, didn't like Fred because they found him obnoxious, not because they found him fat, but because they're like, he's just kind of annoying. We don't want him here. So Fred leaves and says it's better that and he says that he is better than the X-Men. Good call on Fred. Yeah, honestly, honestly he just went sounds into, like, like he was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, so uh, Xavier... Ch- okay, but then... <laughs> I already forgot about how... Okay. I they, they We're supposed to be reading a story about like who's supposedly a villain character, but it's uh, definitely Xavier because Xavier instantly tries to erase Fred's mind of everything that happened, but Fred escapes. God. Then Fred takes over the carnival that he's at, and he's like, fuck this. I'm grabbing all the other mu- the misfits, regardless if they're mutants or not. We're going to attack Xavier's. They have all this technology there. I just saw it. We can use it so we can finally take power, which escalates very very quickly. And meanwhile, Xavier's working on a device that can erase the memory of multiple people at one time. Oh so Fred and the Carvels show up. They I defeat like how this the X-Men. Is a story they about tie him up. I know, I know. And then Jean frees them with like a knife that she picks up psychically. And so they like go to save Xavier, but Xavier wipes the entire Carnival med- Carnival's minds. He just <sighs> straight up erases everyone's memories. And he's Great. like, 
this is just better this way. And so he races Fred's mind and Fred's just goes back to the circus. I hate all of that. I Terrible. hate Xavier so much. Okay. So then Magneto shows up and okay. seeks a friend for the Brotherhood of Mutants. I'm like still moving on from the first story, like emotionally, like how insane that is. Because Xavier's like, okay. let me just quickly erase everyone's memory. Like that is absurd. Like what? Okay, so you can keep going. I'm just like processing that. <laughs> okay, well somehow Magneto restores Fred's memory. Good. I don't know how, but Fred accepts the invitation and joins the Brotherhood, but later leaves when it's clear that Magneto has no regard for Fred's safety. So now Magneto's not any better and I'm like what the fuck guys yeah although so, I feel like that was classic of the time period where they were like trying to depict Magneto and Xavier as this sort of like both sides are equally bad thing you know oh yeah I don't know if that's great either to say it's anyway not. so Fred goes back to the circus until he becomes a member of the factor three which we've talked about a little bit because I think Banshee was part of that and his history mm-hmm. uh, Fred appears in the comics for a while fighting both X-Men and, those, and the Avengers as like just a common Here's the fat guy villain trope. It's not great. Yeah. Uh, Fred later winds up in prison where he is freed by Mystique to join her version of the Brotherhood. This is actually, I'm more familiar because I did read all the original X-Men stuff, but I I read a lot more. Like, uh, I think as a kid, my first impressions of it was when Mystique was running this version of the Brotherhood. So that was kind of like the version of Fred that I first knew. Mm-hmm. And also Eunice the Untouchable was part of their team and he eventually is killed. And Fred goes berserk on Spider-Man and Black Cat black cat because Eunice is killed right fred remains with the brotherhood as they become the freedom force which is the the brotherhood that works for the government and the, we've talked about all this on two episodes again ago with avalanche's story so right, i'm not right, gonna go right. that again but after the freedom force dissolves fred participates in other versions of the brotherhood one led by toad and another that's briefly run by professor x and then professor x leaves and fred takes o- takes over that version of the brotherhood briefly uh, there's also a plot point where the psychic onslaught later jacks up Fred's powers and gives him the same powers as, uh, I think, was it Big Bertha that we were talking about in the last episode? Yeah. With Todd? Well, we yeah, we talked about that on X-Men Origins Wolverine Well, a he bit. gets the same powers where he can come fat and thin yep. at will, and it's like a weird, again, it's done horribly in this too. Um, but, you know, he, during that time, he keeps on attacking the X-Force, but he's defeated each time. Fred eventually joins the Mystique's led brotherhood again until he loses his power in M-Day. This is horrible. In fact, if you don't want to hear this, just skip ahead for a minute. Um, But basically, Fred loses his powers. And though he loses his superhuman strength, he also loses like his mass. That's apparently his mutant power, too. Yeah. So so he has like all the folds of skin instead. Yes. So he hates himself. and He tries to kill himself. But there's just too many folds of skin from when he used to be fat that he can't kill himself. And I hate that. I hate that entire plot point. Yeah, it's awful. I gave you all a trigger warning for a reason. Um, I, I wanted to include, but it's well, I mean, important it's part that of I, his story, and I, I, I find well, it I, it's so not that strange. I, it's not that I find that we need to talk about every part of his story. I think it's important to know how fat people are treated in comic books, and yeah, this is part of it. And then you know? this is like treated as a joke. I mean, it's almost like you know he loses the weight, but he still looks unattractive by conventional standards because he has all these folds of skin. So it's like, what is that right, even trying to say? Like, yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I, I don't think that's great. Yeah, uh, he then joins a group called Excel that blames the government for the loss of their powers um eventually he is in a car which crashes and throws him out of it and he just goes missing until eventually we see him years later where he's become like a weight loss guy in japan and he's like also an actor and he's like i'm so beautiful now i can star in films and i'm like i hate this also yeah that's they, terrible they, <laughs> they have not done good by fred almost ever and it's terrible yeah uh 
then magically after that, it's unexplained, but Fred gets his powers back and he looks like the Fred that we have grown up knowing and he's working for Mystique in Genosha. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we eventually find out is that Mystique has given him mutant growth hormones, right. which is how she how she and many other characters get their powers back before we hit the Krakoa uh, time period is that the those they have these like hormones that can sort of give people their powers back. Right. Know? And like re-trigger the gene basically, but yes. it doesn't work forever and you have to keep taking it. Yeah, exactly. And anyway, so we get back to this point where he, he, he appears here and there and it's just kind of like, eh, it's not worth mentioning. But the part that I want to talk about is that Fred to me is redeemed as a character in age of X-Men, which started and ended last year before we went into Jonathan Hickman's world, of the X-Men where he is on Krakoa. Um, and in Age of X-Men, all the X-Men were just, they were still the X-Men, but they were put in this other world where their memories were erased of each other and all the history they had. And they put Fred in, tra- in charge of a team, the team of the Extremists, and he did a really great job. And he has a romance with Psylocke, or the Betsy Braddock version of Psylocke. Cool. And it's really good. He's represented as a strong leader with a soft heart. He loves books and reading. And he is kind and gentle, but strong when it comes to leading and when he needs to use his powers. And I love it. It's great. And Leah Williams, who wrote the character in this, did come out and state, my hope in removing the villainy aspects of his character for Extremists was to make people confront how they feel about fatness in general by utilizing an intriguing aspect of Age of X-Men. There is no bodily prejudice. And so I thought it was really good. And I thought that was a good move on Leah Williams. And they have kind of stuck to that character she created for Krakoa. He's now a bartender in Krakoa. We haven't seen him like do a whole lot. And but, he like, mostly goes by Fred now, right? Like that's another. Yeah, part I mean, of it. sometimes people call him Blob. Like I saw Logan call him Blob, but you know, it's it's they. I I want this character that Leah Williams created for Fred to stick. Basically, mm-hmm. that's you know? cool. I'm glad somebody showed up and like was given a creative, uh, like a, a chance to make that creative change. Like that's cool yes. that she could even make it happen, and that that's what she chose to do so right and so that's that's why i want to talk about fred on this is i feel like there is a bit there is the ability to write a fat character and not there make is. them horrible and i mean as todd talked about on the origins episode there's other examples of fat superheroes there are very few which is too bad there should be a lot more body diversity i hope that changes um, but also like it, it's all falls in the category where we're just getting like gay superheroes so we also need to get yeah. more people of color more people of different body types we need more queer and trans characters by the way, if you are not reading X Factor, the new X Factor, everyone should be reading that because it is run. The team leader is Northstar, who is openly gay, and they have Dakin on the team, who's also bisexual. So it's really kind of gay and wonderful. That's awesome. So you know, sometimes comics are good. Every now and then, I I have some hope that X Men Evolution will turn this around because at least you've assured me that the other episodes are going to be different. So I'm curious to see where they go. I, I, yes, I, I I just I had forgotten why I hated this episode yeah. so much, and it's just just it's just I, wild. I don't how blame we got you, here. and I also I'm like I barely remember most of the stuff on this show too so like we will see when we get there and it's also possible we'll watch some of it and be like this is better than we remembered or it's worse than we remembered i mean that's part of why we're doing this show is because we're like revisiting what we grew up with and the messages we were being sent at that time and like evaluating them as adults which is interesting so yeah i don't know hopefully people enjoyed it um i guess we have to talk about who's gay although i mean there's only one option X-Men, you can be homoerotic, but which X-Men? 
Cyclops? It's Cyclops and Kurt, and it's only because like. I mean, they're dating when they're in the lunchroom. I they're definitely them. dating there. And they're, I watching, love that. they're watching Star Trek they're together. They're watching Star Trek together. And they I have some that. type of role play where Cyclops is like Picard or something. Like, I don't know. I buy it. I or, buy it. Or I... they're like, okay, no, wait. I just realized they must be Kirk and Spock because like the elf jokes that they make. So, oh, like, yeah. I love it. I love. I like how they also have identified that Kirk and Spock are dating. Well, they are. And that's already canon. And that's already on Star Trek. Whatever. Um, so, I Anyway, I love that. I love that for them. I love they're watching Star Trek together. I love that they're nerds. I think they're freaking adorable. It's like the one of the few bright spots in this largely depressing, crappy episode. But yeah. I love them. And I'm glad they're on the show. So Me too. I'm glad that they're gay and they're still gay. And we don't have a lot of other gay references to make in here or any we metaphors. Really. Because we're really... Well, and I don't want to waste any more time on that today. For yeah. we, get, we get so much we've, queer coding given... on the show that we love to share. And this needed to be more about like politics and how we need to stop treating people of different sizes and the different ways they look. You know, like we really need to stop doing that. Yeah, so. yeah, I agree. Um, so is that it? Should we get to the plugs? It is. Thank you for listening, by the way, and sticking with us on this very long, <laughs> very long, long journey we had to take. But you need to understand why. Like, I think it's important to mention that it's important to know why this we are spending the time with it. Like, uh, why? Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's worth spending the time. I mean, if I see an episode that's this maddening, then I come away with a lot of thoughts and I got to put them somewhere. And this podcast is where those thoughts are going to go. Damn it. Yeah, I and know. I'm the one I think I it. So I made my bed here. That's true. <laughs> I, I honestly, I mean, we don't, I don't know. He's the Fred's on this show. I don't remember him even. I think he must be on Wolverine the X-Men very briefly, but then I don't think we ever really see him again. Hmm. At least not for now. I know that so, Fred and Toad on this show are friends. I'm interested to see that relationship between them and like how that plays out. I'm really yeah, curious to see where we go with those I, characters. I, I think, Especially I think since I'm like already on Toad's side, like from that episode. Like I'm just like I mean, yeah. I'm on board for all of this and I'm like, let's see what happens with the villains. I love the Brotherhood. I want to see where they go, even though the show yeah, hates too. them. Um so anyway, plugs. Plugs, plugs, plugs. Yes. So we have social media. We have every single social media known to man, except for TikTok. It's only a matter of time. Um, oh, I know. <laughs> I was already thinking about taking clips like from the YouTube channel, putting them on it. TikTok. We can do it, but, but I'm not going to make more work for Ryan. So we have all the other ones. We've got Twitter. We've got Facebook. We've got Instagram. We've got Pinterest. We've got Tumblr. Uh, Tumblr. We've got Facebook. Did I say Facebook? Anyway, we're the Yeah, we also ages. have Facebook. Facebook. We're the mutant ages on every single one of those platforms. We're also individually on those platforms if you want to just see us shooting the shit all the time. I'm at Mitty Myers on pretty much every platform. I'm at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and I'm at Ryan.Pagella on Instagram where you can see all my photography and you can see my vlogs over at Ryan Pagella on YouTube. I've been trying my best to get out there and have adventures in this You're doing pandemic it. You world, are, but I, I, I'm actually doing it, which is really sort of the impressive part. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's always kind of like a behind the look scenes of our lives. And yeah, it's always fun. there is one thing we didn't do, which was go see New Mutants in theaters. We did not do that. We didn't. I even I like backed out of that last <laughs> yeah, second. I know. Because I, was I like, don't blame not... you. It's like not safe. But anyway, um, New Mutants that exists. But anyway, anyway, Ryan's got a channel. So we don't have a TikTok, but <laughs> on the subject of YouTube, we do have a YouTube. We do. See what would essentially be on TikTok on our YouTube, which is at the Mutant Ages, in which we're playing through every X-Men video game 
known to man. And sometimes I will take clips from this show and line it up with the actual cartoons. Sometimes we'll do parodies, but we haven't been together in a while, so we haven't actually done that. But we're, we're considering doing new ones. And we do some sort of off-brand stuff, too, where we'll either read our old stories or videos. Sometimes we dress up as, like, Resident Evil characters. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we watch our old movies of us pretending to be the X-Men when we're children um, and react to that. So there's lots of fun stuff there if you go and watch. Yeah, definitely. And if you're enjoying all of this content and you're thinking to yourself, hey, I, I have a spare buck or two. I have some spare change in my pocket, just like Cyclops in the pilot episode of, of X-Men Evolution. I'd like to donate this quarter to the Mutant Ages. You can go to patreon.com slash the Mutant Ages and you can uh, become a donor and support us and get access to even more awesome Mutant Ages content, bonus episodes. We have an entire episode of us reviewing the Dark Phoenix, which is like locked behind that paywall, which is like you, me, and Katie talking about that movie. I feel like people don't know that that's there. Like, y'all should be back yeah, in the we, Patreon. We do watch like other We do, films. We'll but like there. that's but like we, a full episode. Like if you want to know what we thought of that movie, that's back yeah, there. Yeah, that was like, uh, that was first reactions like the yeah, next day. It after was amazing. Season. So like that's there. We've got Deadpool 2. We got Captain Marvel. We got um, the Harley Quinn movie. We got all kinds of, of bonus episodes in there and bonus videos, bonus content. So check that out. And also our highest tier Patreon supporters get a shout out on the show. Who are our highest tier supporters this week? Um, I'm not doing the blobs voice because I think that's insulting. It but is. I am going to say that our top tier Patreon supporters today are Soren B and Samuel B. Thank you so much for listening to our show and helping yes. us out. It is really going a long way for us right now, especially because I think we have to buy some new equipment again. So yeah, that's I think be fun. we do. Ryan's been having some mic troubles. And that is the kind of thing the Patreon supports is our yes, microphone Yes, it does, because troubles. you don't understand how expensive that stuff gets. It's but so also, expensive. If you can't do that, we understand, but there's other ways you can help us out, like leaving us a review on iTunes mm-hmm. or also, you know, leaving a star review, whatever you listen to us on. It goes a long way. It helps increase our visibility. And you can also participate in the Mutant Ages by emailing us at themutantages.com. Or sorry, the mutant ages at gmail.com. Yeah. You can email us there. We read things on our read mail episodes. You can also leave voicemails like calling in at 1508-319-1668. Or if you want to send physical mail, which it sounds like a few people were questioning where they could send things, you can yes. send it to P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. You can see this all at the mutantages.com on the right hand side of the screen. And we have a Discord server that you can click and join there if you want to join the chat and talk more about the X-Men and other relevant yeah, information. Yeah, or like a version of or New Mutants. Or bitch about New Mutants. Yeah. yeah, I know. That's where we're at right now. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can join in. You can read the New Mutants reviews and, and talk shit about New Mutants with a group of smart, wonderful listeners who are just as politically savvy as you are for listening to this show because you're all great. You're all mutants. Political, just as political savvy as Magneto, but not Professor Xavier because fuck that guy. That that guy sucks. Did we do all he the plugs? Does. We did. That's all the butt plugs today. Yeah. And Wolverine wasn't even here. So I don't know where Wolverine is. It looks like he's baning Nightcrawler today from what he told me in this text that he sent 20 minutes ago. Wow. That's kind of rude. I hope that both he and Kurt can make the time Actually, for you today. Actually, let me, you know what though? I don't know who sent this text because we know that Logan can't text. <laughs> sent the text okay yeah well he tapped it in with his tail while he was giving logan head i mean he does yeah i guess he would have like additional appendages to do that on so he would he would anyway i hope they contact you ryan you deserve love in your life um and for the rest of you we'll see you next time see you next time hey guys this is ryan from the future it's one of the perks of boning a time traveler is that you can use his 
time travel equipment and i don't mean what he's packing in his pants cable's actually in the other room right now but he is asleep because i don't know he got really upset about the future also being the present also being the future in the past and that none of it is right so i don't know at least he doesn't have a bucket of water today uh there is this weird cube floating around my head and it's creeping me out but i digress anyway the purpose for this is not actually about time travel it's actually going to be about Uh, counseling in school and how to deal with bullying or being a target in school which is going to be a repeated theme through x-men evolution Um, obviously there's going to be a lot of queer coding on this show and also dealing with any marginalized class that could potentially be targeted or or anyone that's harassed for being in the minority or queer or whatever i mean there's there's going to be a lot of repeated themes and after going through this whole episode about fred we were sitting there discussing what do they do in schools now and has anything changed since maddie and i were in school and i do think there are systems in place uh for that and that is what i wanted to know more about because you know Maddie and I both had to deal with a lot in high school. And we discussed enough of that in this episode for you to get kind of the basic gist on it. We talk about a lot on this show. And so what I did is I talked to my sister, who is a guidance counselor. And the perspective I got is pretty interesting. So I was originally going to have her talk on the show, but it was her birthday week this week. And she's also trying to pick out wedding venues right now. So it was just a little crazy. Um, So she did answer my email and I'm just going to read you this email because I think it will give us a little insight on how things are handled. So she writes, I have been working in a public school system for about seven years now. And as much schooling as I have gone through for me to be at this point in my career, mostly everything I know is from what I have learned through real life experiences within within the schools. Through all of my roles throughout the years, I have seen bullying situations handled differently by different adults within the school building. And this has helped me to develop how I handle these situations. Every district is different. And even within each district, each school handles situations in this specific way. So it is difficult to speak on the behalf of other areas, districts or schools. With that being said, I can share how I handle bullying and how I encourage students to handle it as well. Typically, if a student comes to me and lets me know that he or she is feeling uncomfortable about how another student is treating him or her, then I encourage the student to walk me through the situation to explain what has happened. If this is something that has happened once or twice, then I take the time to walk the student through helpful ways to let the other student know that he or she is feeling uncomfortable and hurt. To me, it is important to encourage each other to be able to stand up for ourselves. It allows us to keep in touch with what we feel is best for ourselves and helps us take a look at what boundaries we may have personally and individually. I have worked mainly with students from ages 10 to 14, and this is quite a vulnerable age. Because of this, I like to emphasize the importance of helping the students build the tools that can be helpful in handling future situations that are similar to those that are occurring at this vulnerable stage. Now, the problem truly arises when the student has had another student continue to say certain things or continue to act in a way that makes this targeted student feel uncomfortable. When this is the case, or if it becomes the case, then this is when an adult comes into the picture. According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, harassment is defined as creating an unpleasant or hostile situation for especially by uninvited and unwelcome verbal or physical conduct. And this is something that I make very clear to the students that I speak to. When I have been faced with this type of repeated situation, then I go right to administration. As a counselor, I can absolutely sit the other student down to rationalize and discuss how his or her actions are affecting another student. 
And this is probably something that I would still do. However, bullying is something that needs to be taken seriously. And because it can lead to future harassment tendencies, then a person of higher authority needs to handle this situation. In any real life situation, if a person is being harassed, then the authorities are called into play. And by authorities, I think she doesn't mean like cops. I think she means if it's a school, you know, um, some kind of principal or somebody that is higher up than just a counselor. In my opinion, it should be handled the same way within a school community. The person that is bullying should be told that this is serious and cannot be accepted. And then my role as the counselor is to follow up with that student and work on taking the perspective of others and how to respect those around us. It truly takes a community to build strength in individuals. And from my perspective, this is how school systems should operate in order to maintain a sense of order and respect amongst one another. I have been extremely fortunate to work in multiple school systems where the adults around me had my back and vice versa. We were able to handle situations seriously and in the way that they should be handled. However, there are many other places that do not operate the same way, so a lot flies under the radar, leaving many youngsters feeling alone and at a loss. I can only support the situations that I'm aware of, but I cannot even imagine all the situations that I am unaware of. This is why it is so important to teach younger humans how to be kind and respect themselves and others and to make each other feel welcome and comfortable so we are able to grow and support each other in that growth. As I mentioned before, it takes a community for a school to be effective, so there has to be a protocol in place that is made aware to the community and it is also to be enforced within. I know that I am only one person, but I have met many educators that only want the best for their students. So if we can all work together and to make the students and each other feel comfortable and supported, then we are definitely in a good place to diminish at least some of the bullying that occurs every day. And so that is what she wrote to me. I do find it very interesting because what we are really discovering here, and this is probably what is happening in Bayville High, is that Bayville High has nothing to deal with harassment, basically, is what we're going to discover in this show. And it's based on what administration they have, I think, and what is going on within the community. And I think that is very true. If you are in a community that is very um, liberal, very like we're going to tackle human emotions and also letting our children understand that, you know, we need to communicate and communicate our emotions and that emotions are okay to feel. I think it does make a big change. Uh, where I currently live in Natick, that is actually something that is dealt with pretty well now. I would not, I don't know if it was or wasn't when I was in high school. I don't think it was considering what I had been through, but I can say that it has gone very, very on the left here, which is good. And I like where things are going, but that is one community. And when you think about it, there are like what thousands upon thousands upon thousands of cities and towns in this country of the united states alone and based on what those communities are doing and what those towns are like and i guess you know the kind of the amount of people who are probably in them also affects things because things because you know not everything's being reported and it's going to be a very long 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 road to get everybody on the right place but i know that my sister has worked with a lot of kids and has dealt with this in the past. She has given me examples before and her and her coworkers have worked together to come up with a reasonable solution that uh, makes everybody feel heard and welcome and that they're allowed to feel their feelings. But what she's saying here is that not every school is like that and it's a problem and it really depends on the district and school. So yes, I think things have changed, uh, especially in reading this. But what she is telling me is that there's a lot of places where it hasn't. And even in the places that it has, not everything is getting reported. Um, 
So, you know, I guess it is important to really communicate with anyone if you're being harassed at all, because that's the only way we can make a change. Anyway, thank you for coming to my TED talk. I have to go into my cable talk, which is like sexy talk in bed. Bye.